This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I'm abiding by the quarantine laws. <laughs> no, not Corona. I can do it better, I promise. I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> not Corona. Oh my gosh. What's up, guys? This is Tim and Matt, and this is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. How you doing, Matt? I am alive. It is 9.53 p.m. Yes. This is this is the latest we've ever recorded. Uh second to the uh, latest, I think. Second to the latest. Yeah. I think when I was on tour one time, we went we went pretty late. We went after pretty the late. Show. Yeah, yeah. We and were then up around Jake midnight. interrupted us in the back lounge of the <laughs> bus while I was recording, and he got changed out of his sweaty show clothing <laughs> inches away from me as I was trying to talk about God's love for humanity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It might have actually helped that topic along a little bit. Well, we're, not, we're not entirely I, sure. I think it hurt. I think it hurt a little. <laughs> yeah, man, things uh, things are going well. I have been good. teaching drum lessons this week. I had I had an amazing day just because of one thirty minute segment of my day. Have you ever had an experience like that? Like, oh, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. day can be crap, but there's one part of the day that is so good it doesn't matter. Yeah. The day's just a win. So mm-hmm. I taught 11, I taught 10 students today online on Skype. Okay. I'm abiding by the quarantine laws. <laughs> um, and I was teaching this kid and, uh, well, first of all, so when you teach on Skype, the screen pops up and you never know what you're going to see when the video turns on, right? It's like, I've never met this person before. All, all I know are their, their name their what they'd like to learn and their skill level and their email address that's it so (laughs) the skype video pops up and all i see is this little kid's drum set in the far corner of the room like the frame is like of most of the room and then the drum sets in the far (laughs) corner like i had to like get really close to my computer screen to see it and i just hear this rock beat just just Somebody just shredding. And at first I couldn't figure out who was playing it because I couldn't see the person behind the kid's drum set making this, you know, ruckus. And all of a sudden someone comes in front of the screen, close to the screen, close to the camera, and it's presumably whoever's playing's mom. And she's just like smiling from ear to ear, like thumbs up, (laughs) you know. And I'm like thumbs up, you know, I'm just listening and watching. And all of a sudden the... The uh, drumming stops, and this this little kid stands up. And when he stands up, he's not any taller than he was sitting down. You know, he's just like he's just like can hardly see him. I just see his I see the top of his head from above the tom. You know, and it's a kid's kit. It, like you know how yeah, small they yeah, are. Yeah. And um, and so he comes out around front. He's just got this huge smile on his face. And his mom's like, sorry, I apologize. Like he just loves to play, and he's just been like so excited for this lesson and. And by the way, he can't really speak English. He can speak Polish and he can speak Spanish. And I'm like, okay. And, and so she's like, and so I was like, okay, I guess she's going to interpret, if you will, for him. Yeah. And I said, well, how old is your son? And she said, he's two and a half. Oh my gosh. And I thought to myself, boy, you know, you're young when you have to attach a half to the year. Like, can you imagine saying, yeah, I'm I'm 31 and a half years old. Like, uh, you know, (laughs) it's bad enough to be 31. Like, 
at that age, you're like, yeah, he's two and a half because that's Man. one fifth of his life. Like that's a pretty important piece of the pie. Yeah. So anyway, um, for the next 20, I think 20 minutes, we just played drum beats back and forth. Like I would just play a <laughs> punk beat and he would like smile and rock out and then he would play the punk beat. And eventually it got to the point where the Wi-Fi was so bad on their end that um, I was just like, you know what? You guys are awesome. Here's my phone number. Like just FaceTime yeah. me. <laughs> so, so I gave I gave these strangers my phone number. I get a FaceTime call from them. I can finally see everything clearly. He's even cuter than he was in a blurry Skype Aww. screen. And um, we, we talked for like the next 10 minutes. I said, I really want to work with your son. Like, please sign up next week for more lessons. And she's like, well, it's funny you say that because no one wants to teach him. I said, really? why, why would no one want to teach him? She's like, he's too little. He's too small. I said, dude. I will teach him that I will teach him forever. Like yeah. this, this kid has skill and he's so fun to watch play drums. This kid's yeah. incredible. So I got <laughs> off that lesson and I was like, okay, this is why I do this. Like this is yeah. incredible. <laughs> what a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. That's awesome, man. That's good. It's yeah. With, with everything going on right now, it's, it's, we need those little moments yeah. every day, you know, exactly um, something to, make you smile and, and just make, make the, the rest of the day worth it. It's been interesting, you know, and this is going to kind of fall into our topics today, but, yeah. um, it's just been interesting seeing how when, when everything started with this virus, there was just an abundance of like negativity. People were mm-hmm. freaking out, like flipping out all over mostly social media, but even like the news and like the people that I talked to, the people that I had conversations with that were watching the news actively were just right. so like down in the dumps and the people that were outside of it, like distancing themselves were like much happier. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe they were a little naive. Maybe they didn't know everything that was going on, but like they were happy. And, and so now I'm starting to see like, uh, almost, uh, a push for positivity on social media. Yeah. Like people are uh-huh. playing games and, and doing trivia and, you know, just trying to like make something good, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they're it's trying actually to make lemonade. They're trying to make lemonade. And, and it's, it's actually kind of encouraging to see. And like, for, for me, I, you know, I'm the type of person that always tries to find a silver lining and, and I'm, I'm seeing people outside. I'm seeing more kids outside than I've seen since like the nineties <laughs> and, uh, you know, like right kids riding their bikes. Like I, I've been going, trying to go outside. It's been so nice. And I've been going outside with my, with my wife and, and my son. And, um, we're just like walking around the neighborhood and, and I, I see neighbors. Like I see yeah, people that right. like live in my town that I've never seen mm-hmm. before. And it's just so cool. It's just so cool to yeah. see. Like, I know it's like because of all this, but, and, it, and it's hard to say like the ends justify the means, but at the same time, it's like, at least there's something good coming out of it. Like this is a right. good thing. You can't deny right. that, you know, right. people are getting fresh air and getting sun and, you know, we're not just cooped up inside, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it is. I was talking to my neighbor. I think he made the point that he went to the gas station and he noticed for the first time that he looked across the counter and the person at the register looked back at him. And acknowledge him. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? Don't, don't people always do that? And he sort of disagreed with me. No, they, you know, they really don't. And then I went to Sheets, which is a somewhat local gas station. And I was like trying to see if this was the case. So I walked in, looked across the counter and this kid just like is looking at me the entire time. 
like has to look down forcibly to to enter in the you know dollar amount or whatever of the item I was buying. And I walked out and realized, well, it's either one of two things. One, he's looking into my eyes to see if I'm sick and if I'm going to, you know, spread Corona into the, the uh, lit it yeah, sheets location. Or he's just like, wow, there's another human being who's facing the same difficulty I am. And he's having to live through this just like me. Wow, this is the great equalizer. Yeah. And I think my neighbor's really spot on about this in, in that we are starting to take for granted less often the things mm. around us that are actually of importance because yeah. the things that are of importance are uh, at risk. Yeah. And of course those things are people and relationships. And yeah. so you have people in retirement homes who are married. One is in, um, you know, skilled, skilled assisted living. And the other is just in a part of the retirement home, just, you know, living life independently. They can't see each other. And so all of a sudden you have this relationship where people are, you know, people have been married for 50 years and the wife's not allowed to see the husband because, well, of course, she can't go into that part of the home. Right. And so then that entire family is affected by that and families are coming together saying, man, we really need to be there for each other. So, of -hmm. course, there's so much good that can come out of this. There's also so much difficulty and there's so much at risk here. with with the downfall of the economy um, comes the the risk of the well-being of people because the economy equals people. And so people are having to really take a second look at their lives and say, what is it that's important to me? Yeah. Uh, because I need to r- kind of get rid of the, the fluff and prioritize how I'm going to live because I don't know how long this is going to last for. So right. um, more than ever, we we really need to take a look around and and see if we can find people in need and help them mm-hmm. um, in a way that is in line with how we're told we need to carry this thing out by, you know, our governors and our president and everything else. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, no one really knows what's going on. And so people are getting <laughs> creative in, in how they endure this time at mm-hmm. home without jobs. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. And it, it's yeah. funny, like, uh, my mom, my mom sent me a text and was just like, like be on the lookout for ways that you can love people right now. Yeah. And I was like, how do I do that? I'm quarantined yeah. to my house. Like there's literally like an order that we can only go out for essentials. Like I have to stay in my house or like in the neighborhood. Like I can't drive anymore. Are you guys, uh, uh shelter in place in Jersey right now? Um, not to that level just yet. Okay. Um, we okay. are, so we have a curfew. Our curfew is, uh, we have to be in the house by 8 PM and we can't leave until 5 AM. I think is, I think it's five, five or six. Um, and what we do in between 5 AM and 8 PM, uh-huh. uh, can only be essential travel. So if we okay. are like medical workers, um, that need to get to our jobs. I think the food stores mm-hmm. are considered essential. So if we work at food stores, mm-hmm. like, and they're actually giving out badges so that you don't get pulled over <laughs> while you're driving Seriously? around. Uh, yeah, it's insane. Um, but you can go out for, uh, you can go out for food. Um, and, you know, I think certain mm-hmm. like little, like I think auto body shops or like, you know, um, garages that fix cars and stuff, they're still open. They're considered essential. Uh, yeah. so there's a few, there's a few random things, but, um, 
But I was just like, so my mom sent me this text and I was like thinking about it, like, what do I do to love people? And then I was thinking there's like actually quite a few practical ways <laughs> to do this. Uh-huh. And I, you know, so I ran like, for instance, I was, I had to go to the store, um, for some food. Um, and, uh, I've been trying, trying not to go as much as I possibly can, but I had to go right. out for my, my weekly food <laughs> shop because I didn't yeah. know it was a serious until, you know, a few days ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I went for my weekly food shop and I was like, let me text my neighbor and just see if they need anything. That way mm-hmm. they don't have to go to the store as well in this time, Aww. you know, stand on the lines. And, and you know, I, I'm not saying this to boast or anything. I'm actually saying this to give people ideas. But, um, you know, there, there's, there are ways to love people through this. Yeah. And, yes. and I'm trying to focus on, like, okay, so this is the predicament we're in. We can't really do a whole lot about it. Is it scary? Yeah. There's uncertainty, so it's going to be scary. Um, but... Can we make the best of it? Can we see the silver lining? Yeah, 100%. Can we, can we find out-of-the-box ways to, to love people? Yeah. And that's rewarding, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my take. And I, I'm also not the type of person to really freak out over this stuff. My wife and I are yeah. very similar in that regard. Maybe it's a bad right. thing. <laughs> but we're like, oh, <laughs> six feet, it's all right. You can come and talk right to my face. Like out of respect, we're like giving people their space because I know like, yeah. you know, and like if we have to cough, we like try to like, you know, <laughs> not, not yeah. corona, you know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like as you're coughing, you're saying not corona. Yeah, yeah. I not, mean, not corona. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse <That's>, me, you're <laughs> fine. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but still. If you do that around me, I'm running fast. <laughs> Away, yeah. by the way. Well, we just got through. I mean, you, you guys know you've been listening to the podcast. If you have been listening to the podcast, I've been sick like most of this year. Like I've been right. sick more this year than I haven't been sick. And it was like with a cough for a while. My wife had like bronchitis, pneumonia, something. Right. Um, yeah. So like yeah, we yeah. literally had all the symptoms of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, and before so it was the coronavirus. Before it was called the coronavirus. Um, you know, we yeah. were the we were the OG of this <laughs> whole thing. We should be blaming you. Forget, forget China. The Andersons. <laughs> yeah. Trump has this all wrong, man. He's he's got this all backwards. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, oh. But yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Like, you know, some, obviously some of our family is they're, they're, they're fearful about it and yeah. you know, um, oh, and they're probably so more trying elderly to be sensitive. And so they, they probably need to be more cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even like just cousins and people our age, you know, it's just, oh, there's a lot okay. of, there's a lot of fear going on, you know, it's, there is. some people there are, is. are a lot more cautious about it. They've, you know, put themselves in a bubble. They're not even leaving their house, you know. Right. Um, they're doing delivery everything. Um, right. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, what, what happens, happens. And, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to be respectful of the people who are at risk um, mm-hmm. or at serious risk. You know, if I do get sick, I'll, I'll blame myself. It's my own fault. But I don't want to, uh, I don't want to make it worse for anyone else. So that's yeah. kind of my approach. I'm not scared of it, but I also want to be, uh, respectful and I want to adhere to the rules right now. You know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we'll get to this a little bit more later. We're going to hit on a drum topic, but the bottom line is, and it sounds like you and I are somewhat on the same page. I, I think we're, I think we have our differences, but all in all, no one knows what is going on right now. And so anyone yeah. that claims that they do is so full of it. You can tell them that to their face. They have no idea what's going on because no one has any idea what's going on. My brother is a nurse practitioner. I talked Mm -hmm. to him the other day about this. He's in retirement homes, hospitals all the time, every single day around the elderly. 
the most vulnerable to this. I brought it up. I said, tell me what's going on. What should I be thinking about this? What is the truth? He talked to me for about three minutes and 23 seconds about it and then switched topics to the weeds in his strawberry garden. Like (laughs) he has no idea what's going on. And yeah, they're washing their hands a lot. They're yep. using preventative measures. There are certainly not enough masks to go around. Mm-hmm. That is for sure new. And if someone says that, yeah. then they're 100% absolutely correct. But all in all, it's just using, at this point, my brother claims, this is the bottom line, use common sense. This yeah. is all about common sense and just seeing how this thing plays out. Anybody else that talks about it more than that is really just stretching fear or stretching conspiracy or just perpetuating this idea of everyone's paranoid and we need to just push through this. No, both <laughs> yeah, of those yeah. are kind of extreme. Um, but ultimately, no one really knows what's going on. So we'll talk yeah. about this a little bit more in our um, our God topic for the day, which, as it turns out, is somewhat tied into this um, pandemic. Yeah. And uh, not so much the pandemic itself, but how it affects us as mm-hmm. people, as Christians, as non-Christians, um, Anybody and everybody, uh, that is the interesting thing about what is happening to the world today. It's, it feels like we have been um, left with this common denominator. When we go to bed at night, everyone sort of knows that we're all in the same boat. And uh, yeah. it's an interesting thing. Uh, it doesn't, it's not often that I think that the world over has, has felt that mm-hmm. and has realized that to be true. So Yeah, we're uh, on this together. Our, our drum topic for the day. Um, Tim, I believe you came up with this one, right? <laughs> well, the topic itself was actually your idea. I just labeled it. Yes, it was. You labeled yes. it. Okay. So yes. you came up with it. Um, yeah. the drum topic <laughs> for the day is drum, drum mulligan, drum mulligan. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Uh, it used to be the case that when you went in to record a record, when you went in to record music, you did not record to a program, an interface, a computer screen, Pro Tools, Logic, Ableton, all of these different names that a lot of you probably really don't know much about. So I'll try Mm -hmm. to explain this. So uh, when we recorded our first record called Thrill Seeker, we uh, we recorded with a gentleman named Adam D. Adam D plays guitar in Killswitch Engage. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at Pro Tools on the computer screen with him thinking, wow, this is incredible. I feel like I've been at home practicing drums for a year, mixing up colors on a palette, and all of a sudden I'm literally painting colors onto this computer screen as I record my drums. What happens is when you make sound, it ends up on a screen, and there's all these different colors representing all the different inputs, snare, tom, overheads, kick drum, they all are labeled and identified with different colors. So it's this really sort of magical experience. I mean, it still kind of is. I have Pro Tools on this computer in yeah. front of me. I love watching it happen as you record something. You're, you're, you're playing music that you've created, and all of a sudden it's just ending up on this computer screen. All these colors are identifying what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. So the interesting thing about this process when we recorded Thrill Seeker was that I realized for the first time that I had been at home rehearsing these songs so that I could go in and record them and get it right the first time. Like, I had one take. I had to get in there, and and I had to record Your Little Suburbia is in Ruins the first time, the right time, because that's how you record 
well, mm-hmm. actually it isn't. And I didn't know that. So when I went in there and, and I tracked drums for the record, uh, the first time I did a take, Adam D looks at me through the window and he goes, nope. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that's all I got. And he's like, do it again. And I'm like, do it again. What do you mean? I just, I just did it. Like that was it. And he said, no, do it again. I think you can do it better. And I almost like said those words back to him out loud, like, do it again. You can do it better. Wait, I can do that. And so it was the start of this thought process that I've had the last 15 years, which is, wait a second, do it over. You can do it better. Do it again. It used to be much more difficult to record music, to record, let's just say drums in a way where you could just simply say to the person playing drums, you can do it better, do it over, do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, were rec- because you were recording to tape, you were recording analog. Yeah. Now, everything, for the most part, is digital. Yeah. And what, what happens is, and, and, and this is a common occurrence in the studio, you will record something the first time and you'll say, that was pretty good, that was pretty good, pretty good, let's do it again. And you'll get to the end of the second take and you say, that, 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 I don't think that was quite as good. Let's do it again. You'll get to the end of that take and say, oh, this one part, that was even better. That was the best yet. Let's do it again. Four or five takes you've recorded into different playlists in Pro Tools. And ultimately, you pick the best from each take maybe, or you take the best single take, depending on how you do this, or you just take bits and pieces, seconds long, and you compile the best possible take that you can sort of cut together and now you have Mm -hmm. this piece you have this song and I think it was last year when I finally put it all together that I am of the impression that this is damaging psychologically to how we operate as human beings now I'm, I'm, I'm speaking strictly on a I'm in the studio recording drums for my record basis I'm not I'm not I'm not extrapolating anything from this at this point, though I think we can do that. But if we have the option to record something over and over and over and over and over and over again, are we really going to give it everything the first time? In other words, Mm. if we know we can push clear or reset history or go back to the beginning or do it all over again, if we know that that's an option, are we really going to commit to that first take in the way that maybe people used to commit to the first take. I -hmm. think that this is a damaging thing in our day and age. I think it started off as a convenience and an incredible feature. And I think it is an incredible feature. I'm not blaming the feature itself. I'm not blaming playlists and the ability to record over and over and over and over and over again and have all this information stored so that we can choose the best. I'm not blaming any of that. It's a good function. It's practical mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of sense. What, what I'm saying is that I think it does something damaging to the human brain when we know that we have the option to do something over and over and over again because of this. And this is my, my bottom line. We are idealistic and we think that if we can just do it again, we'll do it better. We mm-hmm. think that if we can just get to our destination... Everything will be just fine and just the way we want it to be. But this 
stuff in the meantime, we, we just sort of have to get get through all this. Like take two was good. I, I think take three will be better. Take three, ah, take three wasn't that good. Take take four will definitely be better. And no matter how many takes we've given the producer, we've contributed to Pro Tools, you know, no matter how how much sweat equity, it we're we're left a little let down. And at the end of the day, there's actually a program where you can quantify in other words, you can fix everything that is still a mistake after 737 right. takes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're a musician, you can agree and you can disagree with me. If you're not a musician, let me try to make sense of this in maybe a more pragmatic way. If we, if we, I'm going to jump into a little bit of a God topic here, but it's, it's sort of hard to miss that. If, if we know how much it costs to make, to, if we know how much it costs our parents, if we live in a, a good home, a healthy home, if we know how much it costs our parents to give us a good place to live, a roof over our head, food on the table, we probably wouldn't do the things we do to our parents. We probably wouldn't have lived the lives we lived as, as kids. We probably would have shown appreciation for the fact that it, it's pretty costly to give a child a good home. And yet we think that, well, I don't know, like this probably wasn't that costly to them or to anybody else. So I'm just going to kind of go about things knowing that I, I can get that reset. My parents will give me a second chance. I always have a place to come home to. And it's, it's only when we realize, and funny enough, this happened through Pro Tools, that um, it, it might not be a good idea to live our lives in a way where we are constantly left with the option of resetting and restarting and doing it all yeah. over again. Um, and, and it's, it's costing us that first take mm-hmm. and that first take funny enough in my case is usually <clears throat> the best take. It's usually the best take and Carson and Grant, the producers that we record with, they're always like, dude, the first take was the take and we're on take yeah. five now. And I'm like, I can do it better. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another shot at this, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So picture this. I mean, um, for those of you that we keep throwing out the, the word tape, um, tape is, as Matt said, an analog as opposed to digital uh, way of recording audio. Um, so picture like... Uh, a film reel. It's actually very similar um, mm-hmm. in that it's uh, you know a reel of tape um, that information is stored on and can be replayed from. Um, so picture like uh, so I'm a, I'm a Beatles fan. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Um, when you listen to the Beatles, everything that you're hearing, at least for the most part, up into up until like they started recording at Abbey Road and stuff, uh, is pretty much recorded all at one time. Hmm. They they are an entire band in one room. Sometimes the vocalist is in a booth or something like that. But for the most part, they're all sitting or standing there playing their instruments in sync, and it's being recorded. Um, now they they even in those days they recorded a few takes of mm-hmm. that song, but they played the song through in its entirety, and then picked the best take out of those three or four takes that they did, um, fully keeping in mind that every time they messed up or had to um, redo it or didn't like the take, they were spending money or their label was spending money 
on the reel of tape that was used to record it. Mm. <laughs> so um, not only was it timely to record this way. It was costly. Um, it was costly. Huh. Um, so uh, that's really, I think, where the invention of digital audio came to being. Uh, it was a way to cut costs. It was a way to cut time um, and a way to uh, strive for perfection right. <laughs> a little bit more um, in a way that isn't humanly possible. Um, it's not calculated, you know, and digitally it is calculated. You are literally mm. fixing things. Um, so, I mean, that is the difference in, and the way that Matt put it, I don't really know how to put it much better than that, but what it does is instead of going into a room with your band and recording and you get what you get, and that's the representation of your skill level at that time. Now it's, you go in and so, so one, th one point I will say is you go into a studio now with these um, digital audio workstations, a, a DAW or a DAW, mm -hmm. um, Pro Tools, uh, Logic, things like that. Um, you're going in and, and it's actually, for some people, it gives them the ability to be creative in a different way. Mm -hmm. Because now there's all these different things that weren't possible before. Um, and you actually hear this quite a bit in metal, um, in uh, how mostly in the production of metal, not necessarily the performance, but the production level where you're hearing a lot of, um, you know, uh, digital sound um, mm -hmm. looping crescendos that are, you know, obviously messed with, <laughs> um, even screams that are messed with when you hear mm -hmm. like the audio cut out cleanly every mm -hmm. single time. That's just a chunk of audio being deleted <laughs> right. and then faded out real quick. You know, um, th things like that wouldn't be possible because you physically can't actually do that. So there's, mm -hmm. in one sense, there's the ability to be creative in a different way. Um, but in the other sense, exactly like Matt said, now all of a sudden you don't have to bring your A game. Um, when you're performing at Matt's level, you do. You have to get in the studio and be able to perform um, otherwise, you, you're still wasting money. You're wasting studio time. You're wasting mm -hmm. the cost of the producer um, or the engineer. Um, but um, but there is still that mulligan. There's that do-over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's like, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't get it that time. Let me just do it again. Or if you didn't get one spot in the song perfectly, let's just, you know, we'll just record over it real quick. Yeah, just we'll that just little section. It will punch in. Um, and I think that Matt's exactly right. Like, what does that do? Um, when you have that safety net, um, all of a sudden it removes the, um, the gusto or mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the drive to actually be perfect. The or you else, know, because like you have yeah, to could, do this or else. Right. There's no, there's no cliff to fall down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, you know, you're jumping from one ledge to another ledge, uh, <laughs> in a, in a matter of speaking. And you know that if you don't make it, at least there's still the bridge there. Yeah. <laughs> you and know, I, I think that's, what you that's said what Pro is, Tools is. <laughs> what you said is, is the best, uh, summation of what I said, which is, I think it's, oh man, I think this is true. I, I think, I think you looking at that screen and hearing back your first take scares the crap out of you because you realize it's a digital representation of where you are right now as a musician. 
And you think mm-hmm. idealistically that if you can just do it again, then it'll be a better representation of who you are artistically. <laughs> and we say this all the time at band practice. You, you, you probably thought about this with playing drums. Like if you wait till three days before a tour and those three band practices in the three days before a tour to get better at a song, you're screwed. Like <laughs> yeah. you needed the month before the tour. Right. If you get to the practice, or the, the first year. practice or the year. Yeah. If yeah. you get to that first <laughs> practice, which is three days before the tour and you're like, okay, I really need to work on this. Everyone's going to look at you and go, what? Like that's not the purpose <laughs> of practicing three days before a tour. If you get right. to the studio and you're like, yeah, first take was trash, which I I say every time. Um, what are you really saying that your second won't be? I mean, sure. You can improve a little bit. Maybe your left hand will hit the, the snare a little bit better. Maybe you won't miss that fill quite as much, but overall your worst today is still so much better than your best 10 years ago. So much Mm. better. Hopefully, hopefully (laughs) that is maybe idealistically speaking, but if it, if you're proficient in your craft and you're practicing to get better then every single time your worst today is 10 times better than your best 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It just is. It has to be. I mean, unless there's some, unless there's some lapse in time where you, you deviated from your, your practice routine. Like it's just a fact. So when I go into the studio two years from now, ideally my worst take is still better than, than my best take on, on guardians, which I recorded last year. And Mm -hmm. I just, I just wonder, Tim, like, I wonder what, I wonder what it looks like for us to just not do away with pro tools and not to do away with these you know, helpful DAWs and, and this way of recording things where we have options, but to, to maybe recalculate how we expect to sound after that first take. If mm-hmm. we were to go into it saying, you know what, I'm going to give it everything in this first take. And if it stinks, then I want to look at where it stinks and where I can do better. But I, I'm not going to just go in with this mentality of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to piece together the best pieces of mm. five or six takes, which admittedly is what I do. Like I, I'm talking yeah. about this because this is how we record. Like right. the snare drum that you hear on all of our records. Well, there's a couple exceptions, but guardians is a sample I recorded and messengers is, I believe a sample I recorded or the actual snare sound. But all the mm-hmm. other records, like the snare sound that you hear when I hit that snare, it is not the sound of the drum that I tuned for hours. Like right. we couldn't get it to sound good enough. It's the standard's so high. In the same yeah. way, the foot patterns that you hear in, um, say, Invisible Enemy, I can play them pretty well. But the way that they sound on the record are perfect because it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's quantized. It's perfected. It's made to be yep. something that is so perfect. It's, it's almost inhuman. And yeah. when you come to see us play live, I'll do my best. And you probably won't know the difference because I've practiced a lot, but it's still not to that caliber. And I think yeah. that's part of the equation here. I think we have to bake that into the cake that we're so used to hearing ourselves sound so good that we've forgotten that that wasn't us. We've forgotten yeah. that our take was actually quite a few rungs lower on the ladder. And it was brought yeah. up by computer genius, <laughs> by yeah. Beat Detective, by, yeah. by you know, 
correcting it, essentially, making it perfect. And I guess we just need a little bit of a reminder that, wait a second, we're not quite that good. And if, <laughs> yeah. if we record our first take and we're, and we're not stoked on it, maybe let's just take a couple of listens to it and figure out why. Before mm-hmm. jumping into that second take and being like, I can do better. And then six takes right. later, you're still saying that. And now you're pouring sweat and mm-hmm. you're never going to get a good take of the song because mentally you're <laughs> exhausted. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, exactly. Do you, yeah. do you, yeah. do you mess with this in your home studio? Like, is this, is this a, th- a thought when you're recording stuff for your Instagram and. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So, so for me, it's, um. I mean, so I've definitely experienced the comp, like like comping is what what we're talking about, which right. is where we take the best pieces of a number of different takes. In some cases, you're actually stopping in the middle of a song or mm-hmm. three quarters away through a song and and starting again and re-recording the rest of it. Um, the, I I've experienced that, and in most of the most of the times when I'm recording something like extremely professional, that's what we're doing. Um, but more recently, I've actually been trying to, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't usually take my very, I don't usually keep my very first take. Yeah. Um, but I have video rolling. And so my goal is to get through it in one take. Gotcha. So I want to get an entire take from That's start cool. to finish that I am happy with and I'm proud of. There's always going to be something wrong with it, but, right. um, but something that I'm proud of and can put out there and be like, I did this from start to finish. And, yeah. and now nowadays with Instagram and stuff, it's usually covers or, or something like that. I have yeah. done a few uh, sessions where I actually did record the entire thing in one take with video rolling. Um, and that's more just for my own... Satisfaction. Uh, yeah, my own yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm like that but too. But it is interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting where we're at now because, you know, obviously as soon as autotune was introduced and explained to the general public, people question perfection. You know, okay. people question like, is this really, you know, a Britney Spears got a lot of flack because yeah. I think at one point she like sang off with her vocal track live and they realized that she was lip syncing live, yeah. you know, like, and she got a ton of flack and I was like, well, can you actually sing like that in the studio? No, it's autotuned, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, and so now people understand and I think you have so many artists that are perfect and you go see them live and you end up disappointed because like they sung more off key notes than on key notes. And, and nowadays like the real high level artists, the the musicians that are on stage are usually like top notch. Like they're not messing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're getting paid a lot of money not to mess up. Um, but, um, you know, I know in my case, like the mid-level bands, like the one band I was in, we had an amazing sounding, sounding album, and we worked our asses off to to be able to perform yeah. somewhere close to that level. Yeah. Um, but like at the end of the day, I'm sure there are people that left disappointed because they heard this amazing polished album <laughs> and it just didn't quite live up. And there was other, you know, there are bands all through my childhood that I go to see that I loved them. I'm not going to name names because I'm... I've met a lot You're of them. You're about to trash them. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to trash them. Yeah. But but there's a lot of bands that I've listened to. I love their albums. I'll still listen to their albums, but man, I will not go see them live because it's disappointing. You know, they're just not that good live. Yep. <laughs> you know, they put August out a great Moon's album. Red. <laughs> no, 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 you guys are different. But um, but no, not but Corona. it's true. Like, but it, but you you <laughs> not, not Corona. <laughs> it makes you it makes you wonder though. Like you know, it makes you question every single artist you know like would would there be most of these famous artists out there now should you not have this 
capability of this di- digital perfection, you know, like how many of these artists wouldn't be famous or around? Um, so on one side, I'm like, well, maybe they shouldn't be, maybe they don't deserve to be. But on the other side, I'm like, well, this is great stuff. This is yeah. enjoyable. This is yeah. entertainment. This is, you know, fun to listen to. Is it reality? No, maybe not, but yeah. it is entertaining and yeah. it sounds great and I'll listen to it and I'll, and I'll buy it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thought of a lot of music producers and there's a lot of people that would completely disagree with me on this because, you know, it, this is like the sellout mentality, but, um, but ultimately, like, you know, if, if I like what I'm listening to, I'm going to keep listening to it, you yeah. know, regardless of how it got there. There is something to say about authenticity when that, when that, uh, that track was like the first take, like Nora Jones, for instance, her first single, that was her scratch track. Yeah. She did one vocal take and they're like, that was your best take. Wow. We're just going to use that. So like for me, that speaks a lot. I love okay. that song. Okay. And <laughs> it means a lot more that she actually, that's her scratch take. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so but, I want to make a distinction. I want to make a distinction there. There's yeah. what I'm not speaking to is this idea that it has to be the first take or it has to be the artist that you're hearing. You can't have mm-hmm. samples. You can't quantize. You can't uh, like, no, 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 no. If that was true, there wouldn't yeah. be an August Burns red record that sounds remotely <laughs> close to good. Like I'm not at all saying that. I appreciate yeah. and we need this stuff. Like the point of yeah. music is is enjoyment and entertainment. It's uh, uh, I'm completely with you 100%, probably even more so than what you are and saying like who cares? Who cares yeah. if they did it in their first take or who cares if it's corrected mm-hmm. on a computer? Like it's it's a great song. And and the point is the song, the point is the record, the point is the entertainment value and what what yeah. the what the listener he yeah what the listener hears i mean there's creativity in that in spite of the fact that maybe it wasn't authentic the way you see authenticity what what i am sort of uh poking at i guess in a way or probing is is this idea that it could it could be that this is harmful to the way we operate as musicians mm that we have the chance to do things over and over and over again. And in fact, maybe we could be doing a better job of um, giving the listener us, like our music, our drumming, our instrumentation, our creativity, if we weren't so dead set on the expectations we have for ourselves. Like the way you recorded the first take, it was you. You used your arms and your legs to record it that way. You can probably do better here and there, but maybe try to take a serious look at why you want to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and, and maybe why it wasn't that way the first time. Yeah. Like you said, a safety net. I think that's a great way to put it. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. gonna, you're not gonna jump, um, off something dangerously high, unless you know, you have somewhere safe to land. Like don't jump. Like, don't, don't, yeah. don't do that. You know, first take mm-hmm. should be something where you feel really solid in where you are and where you're going. And that means a lot of practice at home Yeah. to distinguish that and to separate that from the point you were making, which is a, a very valid point and probably more relatable to our audience, which is, is it okay if Kanye West, you know, voice pitches, everything and auto tunes, everything. Yeah. If, if it creates <laughs> awesome music, then who cares? You know, I mean, yeah, 
as long as as long as I I would say Kanye West isn't trying to say no that was me like that's ah, not yeah, auto tune right. like okay mm-hmm. which yeah. maybe he right. is <laughs> <laughs> who knows <laughs> yeah it's true and I mean what do we do with that well you know for me it's it's striving to play through an entire take from start to finish yeah that's cool you know it's it's even if it needs some cleanup at the end, it's that's that's yeah, what it is for me. That's cool. Um, or you know, being okay with some of the imperfections or whatever. Um, especially for like video, like I'm trying not to put yeah. anything out there that's like real cleaned up. You know, I'm not yeah. sliding a snare on beat because you're gonna see on the video that I didn't hit it at that time. Exactly. <laughs> you know, dude. Um, when so I wanted trying to, to be record, authentic with that, but when I wanted to record messengers, I was dead set on not quantizing. I was like super mm. against quantizing because we had just done it with Adam <laughs> D for Thrill Seeker because we sucked as musicians, right. and we did not we did not um, do things the way you do them in the metal world on messengers. I recorded like full takes. And yeah. to my knowledge, we did not quantize anything. We slid some stuff Jeez. around here and there, but I was like dead sad on not doing it. And I think much to our producer, Two Madsen, chagrin, because he had to like <laughs> deal with this. Like, oh, it's not perfect. This sounds terrible, you know? But it's still impressive. Yeah. I've listened to that album. Yeah, it's, 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 I wanted to it's do impressive. it for myself. I think it has yeah. a unique feeling because it is that way. So Yeah, yep. Exactly. So all this to say, um, where I guess where I guess we're ending off with a, with a question: Does it affect <laughs> us? <laughs> Does that safety net actually affect the drive and the creativity? Uh, and in which way <laughs> does it affect it? Um, I think I think I would it's go, a good I would question. Go to say that it's, I think it is a yeah, good question. I know question. I'm the one if asking. You guys have it, any insight? <laughs> I think I think this is a question that's going to be looming for a while, and I, I think, think so. even more so with the way in which we're <laughs> headed. Yeah, that's for sure. And and there's new technology out. I mean. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I even I downloaded a software since I've started this podcast. It's called RX7. It's uh, created by Isotope. Uh, for you, for those of you uh, mixing buffs out there, um, this program is freaking incredible. Really, um, it does things that I can only describe as magic <laughs> because it doesn't make sense to me how it's possible. Um, for instance, um, Matt's mic has a lot of reverb. Um, in most cases, I run it through RX7. And I can actually remove reverb, which maybe to the the layman, it's not that impressive. But for anyone who's tried to mix tracks with too much reverb, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's cool. like it's it's like it's like trying to remove distortion from a like a like an eighties VHS. Yeah. It's like trying to make a VHS sound like look like a Blu-ray, like yeah. four eighty to ten eighty P. There's just no possible way. No. You can't you can't give quality to something that's not there. And and same thing with like reverb. It's it's wet. You can't dry it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? But now you can because <laughs> of R X seven. It's kinda Well, wild. no more reverb, dude. I'm set. I'm I have a studio set up and I have a sweet little cage around my mic. So <laughs> there you go. We're good. We're working towards it. We're working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So but that was that was good. Good conversation. Yeah, that was a good conversation. <laughs> Ending in a question. If you have any insight, feel free <laughs> Ending to share. In a question. Um, yes, please do. So we're going to transition now into our uh, relevant topic, which is fear. Fear. 
Okay. Yes. Um, Talk to me. Which is, uh, yeah, so I was thinking a lot about this. It's actually been been something on my mind um, even before this whole pandemic. Um, yeah, I know you talked about this it, before Corona was even a thing. You wanted to do this yeah. for a while. Yeah, and and now it's it's even more relevant, and I think it's not even really going to change that much, um, because it's kind of the same concept. It's like you know, so all right, so I'm going to start. I'm going to start with a verse, okay? Um, because I think that this verse kind of sums up, um, at least for for us as Christians, Bible believers. Um, this is this is kind of a summary. Um, of, of how we should live. And, um, so this is, uh, second Timothy one seven. Uh, and it's as short and simple as this for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, let me just throw this question out there. Does that sound at all like what we're seeing right now? <laughs> Would you say, Oh, if I go on Facebook, most of my, friends and family and, and acquaintances um, definitely are loving and, and come across powerful and of a sound mind. <laughs> I would say probably the opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of fear right now. Um, and can I condemn it? No, of course not. Can I say that you're wrong in being afraid? No, it's, it's a natural reaction to something that is unknown and, and something that's scary, quite frankly. Um, but, but this verse I find comfort in personally, just because it's not like when there's something that God intends and we've talked about God's will a little bit. So if you want more detail into where I'm going, you can go back and listen to that episode. I forget Mm -hmm. which one it was, but, um, we talk about God's will when, when, when God's will is, it is, you know, so when I see something that like like this, God has given us uh, a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm like, okay, so that's the spirit that he's given me. Mm. And it is. That's it. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Mm. Um, and that's s- actually enough for me in most cases to, <laughs> to be like, oh, just snap out of it. I, I know it's not for everybody, but... Mm. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, well, why, why am I afraid? You know, um, I know there's things that are scary, but how is this fear helping me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a natural reaction, um, which is this like fight or flight reaction to things going on. But in most cases, that natural reaction, that fight or flight is a powerful reaction. Mm. It's a, it quickens your reflexes and your reaction time. It, it it strengthens you um, and gets you ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, heightens your heart what rate. What I'm seeing, it, yeah, it heightens, heightens your heart rate. Um, what I'm seeing is is fear, anxiety, um, like complete uh, disorganization and shutdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not seeing fight or flight. I'm seeing, you know, I'm not seeing survival. I'm seeing like, freak out mm-hmm. you know it's there's very there are two very different things and i wish i had done more research into this study but there's actually a, a study at one of the universities um and they did a did a study on like fear and anxiety mm-hmm. and um biologically speaking 
when when you're afraid, um, you uh, your adrenal glands secrete mm. more um, whatever chemical it is. Again, I should have done more research on this, but your adrenal glands glands work overtime more or less, um, and that's actually um, it's that's actually detrimental to your immune system um, specifically. So in this case, I, like this was just a train of thought I went down. I'm like thinking, okay, so there's a, there's a virus out there. It's very contagious. And people are doing the worst possible thing they can do for their immune system. Right. <laughs> by freaking out. That's a great point. And causing their adrenal glands to work overtime. Yeah, of course. Uh, they're not giving themselves a fighting chance. Yeah. And, and so like all these things, yes, I'm just pulling from a bunch of different places, sure. but all these things like line up in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to read one more verse before I just like throw it out there for, for conversation. But um, there's a verse that I, it's probably been my favorite verse since I was a kid. Um I'm going to do a real Christianese throwback, but I don't know if you guys listen to Adventures in Odyssey or oh, not. Oh, man. But, um, the best. I still listen I, to it every night when I, I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, do you? <laughs> no, I used to listen to it at night when I went to bed. I used to listen to it at night when I went to bed. It is good. It is good. I had and, a crush uh, on Connie. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Connie, if you're listening to this, I had a crush on you. <laughs> The offer still stands. That's so funny. The offer still stands. <laughs> I know you're 63 uh, years old, but <laughs> that's funny. Uh, there's there is one specific episode um, where Mr. Whittaker, and if you're an <laughs> Adventures in Odyssey fan, you'll know exactly why I did Wait, it. Wait, how do you uh, say that? that? Way. Uh, Mr. Whittaker. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how you say it. Please tell me you're joking. Whit. Whittaker, Whittaker, Quitthins. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that. That's how, that's how he says his own name that's and funny. how he pronounces every single WH word. I forgot in the dictionary. he pushed it that hard. Um, I think you're pushing it a little oh, harder, but he, he, no, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. It, I, that <laughs> stood out to me as a kid more than anything else. Uh, you Mr. need to go Whittaker. back and listen. Uh, I, I think I think you're I think you're embellishing just a, a couple, you know, just a little, a little too much. Maybe a little bit. I'll have to go back and listen. But so there is a there was a kid, he was afraid of this bully. And Mr. Mr. Whittaker, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to say his name without laughing. Uh, Mr. Whittaker recited this verse. It's Isaiah 4110. It's been one of my favorite verses since this episode. Um, since I heard this episode. Isaiah 4110. Uh, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Uh, do not sorry. Have no fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and give you help and uphold you with my victorious right hand. I'll say it again. Have no fear, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and give you help and uphold you with my victorious right hand. Mm. Now, what Mr. Whittaker had told this kid in the story was to recite this whenever he's afraid. And it's something that I started doing whenever I was afraid. And I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gotten to like the third or fourth time or sometimes 10th time reciting this verse. And that fear just goes away. Mm -hmm. Have no fear for I am with you right there. He's with you. Mm -hmm. Be not afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you and give you help and uphold you with my victorious right hand. He's already the victor. He's already won. Mm. Um, and, and that just gave me so much peace. And, and, uh, 
And now you look at, you know, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And yeah, that's like enough for me in any situation to have no fear. And I know it's not that simple and it's been ingrained since I was a kid. So I'm not as, maybe I'm not as empathetic as I should be towards people in this time Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because of this. Uh, because it's hard for me to relate to that amount of fear because it, it never gets there for me. But, um, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> um, and I hope that's encouraging. Um, whether it's exactly what what you need to not be afraid, may, maybe it's not, you know. Um, it's what helps me. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I... I was uh, sometimes more so in the last couple of weeks, I would say I've been waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, some of it is the poison ivy that is <laughs> uh, starting to affect me. I, I just cut down a bunch of trees on my property and I'm very reactionary. And so uh, certain foods create a reaction in me. Poison ivy certainly does. Uh, poison oak, poison sumac. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. throughout throughout the last couple of weeks, I, I'll wake up at two or three in the morning, and oftentimes, I wake up with a very uneasy feeling in my stomach. It's one that you could probably equate with fear. I would say it's fear uh, mm-hmm. or anxiety. I think those two can be synonymous in many cases. Anyway, I'll wake up and I'll I'll put some. Um, put some essential oils on or some, you know, anti-itch cream or whatever, just to try to help or take some Benadryl and yeah. I'll go back to bed. And oftentimes I, it takes me a little bit to get back to bed because I I'm laying there and I was just itchy and, and I was just up for a couple minutes and I, I, I woke up with this feeling it, like if you're listening to this or Tim, maybe you've had this before. Like if you wake up with a, a bad feeling, it's, it takes a little bit to kick it. To like yeah. snap out of it in a way. And mm-hmm. uh, usually it takes other people. Well, I, you know, I, I live alone. Like it's, it's just me. So, uh, and it's the middle of the night, by the way. <laughs> so there's not anybody else around. <laughs> and so <Right. laughs> this has sort of been ongoing for a while. Well, the other day, um, God, God told me something as I was going back to bed. And I'm going to backpedal a little bit. Because what he told me directly contradicts what I would have wanted to hear uh, two years ago and what I heard a lot. So about a year and a half ago, two years ago, two years ago, uh, I was going through a divorce. And there were a lot of people in my life who were telling me, you know, just trust God. Just trust God. Um, You can trust God. Just put your trust in God. And I'll be honest, I... I, I really had a hard time with this. Like I, the last thing in the world I wanted to hear was someone just telling me to trust God because I, at this point, it doesn't help <laughs> at this point, certainly it didn't help, but it, it was almost like, well, if God's the one driving this car, like I jumped out a while ago, you know, because he, <laughs> yeah. he has no idea where he's going. Like I, 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 I don't want to be involved in this. Like I was headed in a direction that I thought was really good. And, I'm at fault in part for the reason that this is falling apart, but I, I also didn't want this to end and I 
tried to work towards towards reconciling things and you know mm-hmm. bringing it back and it, it didn't didn't work and so like trust god like it will if god's in control if god's powerful and god is good then this happened right under his nose because if he's if he's powerful enough to stop it but he didn't then 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 is he good or maybe he's good but mm-hmm. he's not powerful enough to stop it but apparently he's both he's he's powerful enough to stop it and he's good so he will but he he didn't and so people around me were like you just need to trust god like just 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 trust god and honestly like it it drove me kind of nuts like i i walked away from uh a, a couple people who were really trying to trying to nail that home and and i didn't pray for a long time i i really just shut down spiritually i would say not not in like a yeah. not not in a bitter way. I just I was just apathetic. Like I, I don't want to think about it. This is really hurtful. And the last thing in the world I want to do is trust the God who promised that um, he knew what he was doing for my life. Well, as it turns out, yeah. I believe he does. It just uh, in the moment it's interesting how we Doesn't seem to that think way. that what he wants for our lives is 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 certainly not true, and it's not what aligns with what we think is right for our lives. <laughs> That's the funny thing about mm-hmm. it. So uh, the other night, I'll bring this up to speed now. So the other night I um, go back to bed and God, God told me, it, he, he said, trust me. Two words, just trust me. I, I didn't, I didn't misunderstand him. I didn't hear the radio. I didn't make it up. Like, I don't think like that. And I haven't thought like that for a long time. I mean, just, I haven't been able to get there. And I heard God say, trust me. And I got back in bed and I swear I fell right asleep. I just, I just Hmm. fell right asleep and I woke up and I felt really uh, light and free and uh, I felt confident, honestly. A a sort of confidence I haven't felt in a while. As I hear you talk Hmm. about fear uh, and, and to your point you know, God by our side is, to me, this idea of someone that is trustworthy. Because when I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before going to the cross, he knew what he was up against. He knew the cost. It would cost him, and actually it would cost him everything. He knew it. He knew it, and... That was a that was beyond what what we can even comprehend as being difficult. That was the most difficult night maybe any human being has has ever experienced, and that they are waging war against the will of God. And the will of God is mm-hmm. for them to go to the cross for the sake of the world. And everything yeah. in their power is just like, God, please, is there any other way? Like, is there any other way? And God by God's side, as it turns out, Jesus, God by his his son's side, says with confidence, essentially, trust me, like this is the way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I believe that though Jesus had to really and literally sweat blood to get through this night, I think he had a similar experience or 
more appropriately, I had a similar experience to what he had in his confidence to go through or to endure or to push push past something that has been difficult. And just mm-hmm. just not knowing why, not knowing how, not knowing when, but just knowing that God is a God that you can trust. And and that yeah. that provides you with a sense of comfort that really does give you peace that is beyond all comprehension. In this tumultuous time that we're in, I I really do trust in a God who who has control of the way things will work out. I don't I don't think that it's easy for any of us to to stand by and watch people suffer and be so challenged in this time and I don't think it's easy for God either. Certainly not if it's not yeah. easy for us. And so do I right. have answers as to why? Of course I don't. Uh, of course I don't have answers. And those those answers aren't what's giving me comfort. The lack of the answer or an answer in and of itself, but what's what's giving me I think comfort and more so confidence is just the trust that I have that God got me through something that was beyond difficult in my life and he can do it. He's going to do it again and again and again and again and again. And I I think that this would be difficult if I hadn't gone through what I went through. I think this would be scarier Uh if I hadn't gone through what I went through. But Tim, you've been through a lot in the last week, month, year, and decade. And I think that that might be the X factor in all of this. And that when you've gone through so much, just like everyone, I mean, everybody listening to this has, has been through something difficult. I'm, I'm not taking that away from anybody. And I'm not saying that yeah. you, you can't be fearful if you've been through whole, like a whole lot. I, I was there like for a while. I'm just saying that there's a season mm-hmm. in which you, you might, uh, you might arrive at where you can say, I have more confidence than I did last year. I have less fear than I did last year because of the confidence that I have, because I trust that there's someone in control and in the end they'll see things through. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think we just uncovered something really important and I'm going to highlight it here because <laughs> so I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that well, let me let me let me just highlight this first. <laughs> so what what we're saying or what we've kind of said is that the opposite of fear is is trust in God. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both gave examples of that exact thing. The remedy of fear is to trust mm. God. Um I was chewing on whether I was going to talk about this or not. Mm-hmm. But um, so about 10 weeks ago, 11 weeks ago, uh, well, actually, so uh, five, five weeks ago, I don't remember now. This whole month, a couple months have been such a blur. But yeah. a couple months ago, um, my wife and I found out that we were pregnant and uh, – it was something that we've been trying for for a while since last since early last year. Um, so we found out we were pregnant. We were very excited, and and um, at some point, my my wife Julianne just had a bad feeling about it. Um, she was really nervous. Um, 
for her her uh, doctor's appointment. And, you know, I being the bubbly, positive person that I am, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, don't sweat it. Right. It'll be fine. Everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure enough, um, she was supposed to be nine weeks or she was supposed to be seven weeks pregnant. Um, they couldn't find the embryo mm-hmm. when they did the ultrasound, um, which meant that either we were way off on our calculations or um, the baby wasn't developing properly. Mm. Um, so um, that started the train of uh, fear in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, actually, the text I got from my wife was, uh, she went to the appointment by herself. I was in a meeting and it still kills me that I wasn't there for her for this, but um, she texted me just saying it's not good news. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, I th- felt like I was going to throw up. Mm-hmm. Like that for me was, I was so afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was nervous, you know, um, and I still had this voice in my head that was just like, like, don't worry it'll be okay. And so I was, when I heard that, I was trusting that it would be okay and things would go my way, which means that we were just off on the calculations. Everything would be fine. It would work itself out. Then the following week when we went to the appointment, everything would look fine. Mm. (laughs) That's what I was doing in my head. Um, Sure enough, we went back the the following week and everything was not Mm. fine. Um, And my wife had started to miscarriage. So this is something that we've been going through for the past two weeks, mm-hmm. she's been miscarrying, um, and uh, it's not something that a lot of people talk about. I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Um, it's t- and maybe just because it's tough, and it's it takes a little bit of courage to admit that something bad happened yeah. to you. But um, we've been trying to be open about it. But yeah. Um, so this just happened, like, like we literally had our last appointment today to make sure that she was, like, finished miscarrying. Mm. Um, that just happened today. Um, so this is the closest thing to fear that I can describe to you, at least as of late, and this is all during the coronavirus. The coronavirus was, like, the background right. thing that was going, <laughs> going on. This was, like, the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, it's been a, it's been a rough couple mm-hmm. weeks, and... Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, um, the entire experience was, uh, unfortunately, probably it was definitely much harder on my wife than it was for mm-hmm. me, obviously. But it was also much harder on her, I think, because I wasn't freaking out like I should have been as a normal, regular human right, being. Right. <laughs> because there was something telling me not to worry. Yeah. Um, and and even now, like I don't know what God's plan is. I don't know why this happened. I know it's common. Yeah. I know it happens to a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of you listening to this, it's happened to you. Yeah. Um, it's it's like 200,000 200, cases a year. It, I know it's super common. Um, it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, it doesn't excuse the fact that it sucks. Mm. Um, but the one thing that I can say has been my solace and the and the reason that I'm, I'm actually, I'm literally doing a podcast right now about fear yeah. <laughs> and about the coronavirus or whatever, uh, you know, about drums. Uh, I'm, I'm having a conversation. I'm talking to you about this. It, my solace was trust mm. in God. That's the only thing that I can say has, has gotten me through it. Um, 
I mean, we have a great support system, a great family that's been supportive. Um, my wife is is a champion, um, and it's not we're not defeated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the end the end of the world here. We're, we'll make it through. It sucks right now. We're going to make it through. Um, but but as far as fear being a relevant topic, it's <laughs> it's even more relevant, <laughs> even because of this. And and really, if we're talking about the the remedy or the opposite of fear. It's trusting God. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only thing that's keeping me mm-hmm. sane right now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, has it made me less empathetic? Perhaps. Um, but it is what's what's getting me through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't know what else to put it. Um, but again, I'm not telling you all this to you know to. I'm not looking for sympathy or for pity or anything. You know, it 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 sucks. It's a it's a shitty situation mm-hmm. and and um and it happened and it's out of my control. Yeah. Um but what I what I do hope to say, I don't want to bring this whole thing down because I feel like we're actually kind of on the upward as far as encouragement went. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> but to encourage you guys, I mean, no matter what you're going through and I'm sure most of you are going through harder things than this. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, this is like for me it's the hardest thing that I'm going through right now, but for a lot of you, I'm sure you're going through even tougher things and you're thinking like that's that's chump change right mm-hmm, there. Yeah. Um, but regardless of that, um, and I haven't been through all of your experiences and I haven't lived life the way that you have, but what I can say is that regardless of what it was that I was going through in life, trusting God has been the, the thing that has been my strength and has been my solace and has been the... Um, the power really mm-hmm. behind, you know, it's, it's the power. It's the um, that sound mind mm-hmm. that it talks about in First Timothy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it is. It's the confidence that I wake up with in the morning, like Matt said. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that trust, just knowing. Like I saw this, I saw this cool picture today. Um, that was actually kind of inspiring, and it was just um, it was a picture of a, of a lion cub, uh-huh. um, like kind of ready to ready to pounce. Um, and right behind this lion cub was its mother, uh-huh. this massive lion staring, and so you could only see the mother's eyes and the body also ready to pounce. And it just had like you was labeled on the on the lion cub and god was labeled oh, on cool. the big lion and i was like man what a cool picture that's cool because that's literally like i feel like i'm ready to take on the world yeah. right now despite all this yeah. but the only reason i do feel that yeah. way and the only reason my my enemies and my circumstances are fleeing exactly. is because they see the thing behind right. me they're not they're not scared right. of me like i am i'm nothing uh, exactly i have nothing to prove yeah. <laughs> um i still have my pants on i have nothing to prove <laughs> Um, so was that an inside joke that we didn't, that might've been prior to this episode. No, I can't remember. Yeah. But, so um, the bottom line here is there are a lot of good memes that are coming as a result of this. The meme yeah, I saw yes, was like absolutely. this person wearing tight, like skinny pants at home, lounging, watching TV during the quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. And quarantine. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make this. That's almost as bad as Whitaker, man. <laughs> it's worse. Because I've been hearing it so often. <laughs> he talks about Adventures in Odyssey. Quarantine. So, <laughs> thinking about a movie right now. So, um, oh, and man. so, the, yeah, there's this person, skinny jeans, laying on the couch, watching TV, quarantine. And um, 
and, <laughs> and the meme says, it says, who in the actual hell wears jeans during a quarantine? What are you trying to prove? And like, <laughs> yeah, especially skinny jeans. And then the next picture is yeah. like someone in sweatpants. Like, it's like, you know, one thirty in the afternoon and they're like just eating breakfast. It's like, that's the way to yeah. do it. Okay. Story of my life right there. Yeah. <laughs> So what we're really saying is if if trusting God isn't doing it for you, at least there's memes. At least there's memes out there. I mean there there's at least there's some good memes. There's a lot of good stuff this, out right? there, man. If you wake up with a bad <laughs> feeling in the middle of the night, just go on Instagram and you'll find so much trash yeah. you cannot even search search some good memes. <laughs> yeah. You won't even have to search for them. Just scroll. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just scroll. <laughs> Well, thanks, man. Uh, this is a good conversation. I was um, yeah. I was really encouraged by pretty much everything we talked about. I mean, it's nice just bouncing ideas off of uh, off of you and off of the proverbial yeah. audience that we can never see, but <laughs> hopefully hear back from every once in a while. And if you've, I feel uh, like you're all here, just standing in front of us. Yeah. Or, well, know, they're participating. I don't think they're the here. I hope they're us. not in my house. But yeah, okay. It's been uh, it's it's been a good conversation for us, and we hope that uh, as you've listened to this, that you've benefited from either the drum topic of, you know, maybe you're a band going in to record, and you're thinking about Pro Tools and, and your past experiences, and maybe you can go in with a fresh take, or maybe you knew nothing about the drum um, <laughs> topic, and you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like the music I hear on the radio isn't that artist recording it that way on their first try. Right. No, it is not. It is never <laughs> that way. Yep. Uh, and as far as the faith topic of fear, it's probably never been more relevant in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Sans maybe 9-11, but this definitely in its own unique way. Um, we just encourage you. I, I've been listening to Ben Shapiro's take on this, and I would, I would encourage you to do what he encourages his audience to do, which is... Um, Go out and support uh, local restaurants. If if, mm-hmm. if you're not shelter in place, go out and buy some gift cards or get some takeout. Um, these these places are gonna these places are gonna really have to fight to hang on yeah. because even if we come back online in a month, it's gonna be a whole other month until people have the money and expendable income to go out and actually support local business. So yeah. you can pretty much double the amount of time um, between now and then. And 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 then also if there's like Tim was saying, if there's anyone in your community. Um, who really can't fend for themselves or it's just tough to get to the grocery store or it's tough to get to the ATM or whatever, try to help them out. It, it doesn't take a whole lot to get out of your house and just um, you know, make a, a phone call or send a text or knock on a door, stand six feet away, and just try to help somebody else out. Yep. Uh, the other thing that he recommends that I really think is, is neat and unique is make, make five phone calls uh, maybe a week to people that you don't talk to often. Now is a really good time to... Just call somebody. Yeah. Uh, chances are they're they're laid off of work or uh, they have just more time on their hands than usual. You love them. You care about them. Maybe you just haven't talked to them in a while. Or um, maybe it's it's someone on the other side of the country or they're in the military. Um, or it's, it's a sibling that you just don't get along with that well. Well, these are times that maybe you could amend those sour relationships and make them into something good. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know what? If if they don't want to hear from you, they just won't pick up. So what do you have to lose? Make the call, send the text. It's it's a good time to do that. 
Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of there, there. There are a lot of people being challenged by this, um, certainly more than I am and certainly more than than Tim is. And uh, we can do a lot to help. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. This has been a uh, terrific episode. I'm excited to get it out there. And um, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And I guess before we wrap up, um, I'll just make mention that this is our one year anniversary episode. A year ago, Woo-hoo. well, it's the 24th right now. We're recording it super nice. last minute, um, but uh, as of tomorrow, when the episode uh, is launched, it'll be our uh, yeah on March 25th, 2019. We released our first episode, and announced this podcast, so it's our birthday. Is this the most procrastinating we've ever done on an episode? I think so. Yes. Man, it's got to be close because yeah. this baby comes out in forty-five minutes. So Tim, good luck. We better uh, wrap this thing It's not coming out in forty-five right minutes. I've got I've got <laughs> two hours before this thing's coming out. But uh, <laughs> regardless of that, um, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Um, real quick, just want to shout out some new uh, Inner Circle uh, members. If you don't know what the Inner Circle mm-hmm. is, uh, we have a Patreon um, with some uh, some pretty cool benefits. Um, if uh, if you're interested in supporting what we do here on this podcast, go check out patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Um, we have a amazing community group um, yeah. that uh, has just been thriving and, and it's been really fun getting to know everybody. Um, but speaking of everybody, <laughs> I'm going to shout out a few new members. <laughs> um, so thank you to uh, Eric Salveson, Brendan Harris, and Greg Rennick. Um, you guys just joined uh, in the past couple weeks and uh it's been really good uh, getting to know you and having you uh in the inner circle so thank you for your support yeah i want to just double shout out to greg rednick he he is a uh a huge fan and friend of the band and i actually have a drum lesson with him this week Sick. um amazing dude amazing dude uh hopefully he comments on this and if you see him comment <laughs> go follow him or go say hi he's he's one of the best people you ever meet so hi greg thank you so much for your support dude that that means a lot yes. that means the world and it does not surprise me that you are supporting us so yeah. thank you yes thank you so much and um yeah as per usual if uh, you have any comments or questions or anything to add to the conversation today feel free to reach out to us on social media uh, Instagram at Holy Ghost Notes, uh, Facebook, um, or on email, Matt and Tim at the Holy com, And um, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Make sure you're using the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes uh, on your drum videos, and uh, maybe you'll get featured on one of our grooves of the week. Oh, Yo. speaking of that, drumming, of that. I had a drum lesson today, and guess how he finished the drum lesson just before I clicked hang up? How? How we're about to end this episode. Oh, man. We'll just, we're just going to wait to say it, okay? We'll all say okay. it together. We'll all say it together. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It was incredible. And That's amazing. on that note, thanks for listening. And yes. Best of luck through one, this pandemic. And two, three.